0: So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the 2022 finale. It's Tyson Popplestone here. This is the Pop Culture Podcast. Welcome back. I hope you had a good Christmas. I hope you got lots of presents. I hope it wasn't too stressful. I know some of your families are effed. I know there's a whole lot of drama that goes on around Christmas time and it brings up so many emotions. It's very strange watching so many people pretend to be so happy for the fact that it's Christmas season, only to not want to punch their stepmom in the back of the head when she says an opinion about COVID that you disagree with. It's a, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's interesting just to watch the dynamics and see how people navigate their way through what is a very complex situation for some of you. Some of you, honestly, like I've heard stories and your family's a mentor. I don't really understand how you've held it together this long, but I, uh, I respect you for it. Well done if you managed not to punch your stepmom in the back of the head. Well done if you just got her in a headlock or something more minute like that. I mean, it's tempting sometimes because there's always someone at a family gathering that's the hardest not to fight. Have you noticed that? I always notice that whenever about 10 or more people from my family, it doesn't even have to be that many. Honestly, sometimes it can be two or three. I can often be with one member of my family and think, you know what, I could could fight you right now. The only thing stopping me fighting you right now is the fact that we're arguing. About how many lollies were in a mixed bag back in 1997 versus today? It's it's incredible how many things you can argue about at a family party. That's what I've found. That's my, uh, that's my family. Anyway, maybe your family is lovely. I doubt it. Everyone's always, even the people who seem to have a family who have everything together. You spend 20 minutes with them, you're like, ah, oh, no, you're a bit, you're pretty broken as well. I remember I, I used to have friends like that in, in school. I would, uh, I would see their family from a distance and I'd go, oh my gosh, I come from a broken home. Their family's wonderful. Look at it, the nuclear family, because that's how I thought in year eight. And then I'd get to their house, and the dad's an alcoholic, the mum's doing lines of cocaine off the son's back. (laughs) That that never happened, but I mean, it may as well have. The equivalent of that happened. But anyway, it's a weird period, this little time between uh, Christmas Day and New Year's Day. It's It's a strange feeling. I always find myself sort of navigating exactly what I should do, because the answer is never really work. I don't have a whole lot of interest in doing too much work right now. What I do have interest in is getting outside and going to the. Be- I'm gonna I'm gonna confess that the last couple of days I've somehow I've become obsessed with the garden. I listened to a podcast with a guy called Zach Bush. Uh, I don't know if I've spoken about him on here before, but Zach Bush is he's a, a doctor from the United States, and this guy he was working in the medical industry like 20 years ago, and he was pretty much treating patients with cancer, offering chemo and offering. I'm not sure. Just like that real, that real pharmaceutical approach to treatment of health, and then he had this reckoning where he's like, "Hang on a second, like how this doesn't really seem to be helping a lot of the patients that I'm working with," and he went on some exploration. Long story short, he's he's just a genius. My mate put him onto me, or put me onto him, a couple of weeks ago because he uh, he randomly bumped into him along a beach at Manly. This guy's from somewhere in America, I know it's a big country, I can't be more specific, but somewhere in America, he was over here doing a speaking tour. My mate said, hey, I met this bloke. I said, I don't know who it is. So I listened to a couple of his podcasts and I heard him start speaking about like human gut health and the impact that your microbiome has on your overall health and how often we'll see different similarities between what's happening in our body and what's happening in nature. Then he started talking about soil health and how much so much of that has just been absolutely obliterated because of stuff like roundup like i'm not sure what the actual number is but i I think it's like four billion liters of pesticides he's sprayed around the world each year and he just spoke about how this roundup this stuff called glyphosate it's i'm not sure if it is it water soluble or non-water soluble i'm not sure it's it's whatever out of the two of those is worse and is explaining that uh, a lot of the time, so in the States, Mississippi Mississippi River sort of runs through the country, and uh, somehow all that glyphosate, it ends up in the Mississippi, and then at the end of the river, there's a particular part of town where this water, it goes into the soil, the glyphosate, it like impacts the health of those people there. He was saying that it's the highest cancer rates, uh, was it the world? I think this town had the highest cancer rates in the world, and he was speaking about how negative glyphosate is for human health and he said the best way to address it the best way to approach it is to start your own little organic garden and me being you know I get sucked I got sucked in he got me he got me he put up a good argument he put up a good story and I thought you know what I'm gonna start my own organic veggie and he said it's like your own little mini revolution I said yeah it is whenever someone says revolution I get excited I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be a part of this I'm gonna start my own revolution but I mean, it's not that gangster when your revolution is planting an organic garden in your back <laughs> in your backyard. So, I've got um, I started a compost the other day. It's it, everything starts on YouTube, doesn't it? Like yeah, you got to figure out how to find your your way through problems on there these days. So, I'd never considered having a compost before because I'm not my mum. And then just the other day, I listened to this podcast, and as soon as I pressed stop, as soon as the podcast was done, I thought, like, well. You know, there's a whole heap of uh, there's a whole heap of rubbish that I'm chucking out in my landscaping bin each week. This is it. So what I'm trying to say is, I've just been down to Bunnings for the last couple of hours, and uh, I've got a whole heap of gardening tools. I'm interested to keep you posted on this. I've already, Mum bought me a tomato plant a while ago because she's lovely, and she's just gradually been poking me like a little bit in the direction with um. So I was trying to use a garden pun there because I, I bought like a fork shovel. Thing to to mix my compost. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. To be honest, I just want to see if I can do it. If I can do it, then maybe I'll get some more plants and look after the health of it. See, this is the uh, this is the thing. There's so many interesting things that you can put your time towards that it's hard to know where to allocate your time because I'm so interested in health as an overall rule. So the idea of now investing more time into the health of soil and stuff. It's just that you realise that you're a part of a real big thing, don't you? Because I've never thought about soil once in my life. This guy said the word glyphosate, cancer, start your organic garden. And now all of a sudden, I can't stop going to gardening website. It's preposterous, to be honest. It's preposterous how quickly I jump on the bandwagon of something. And I hope it stays because a few years ago it was golf. And now I'm a gardener. And I'm excited because I know you are. I know how, you are, uh, I know how excited you are to hear about the progress of my garden. And so weekly, <laughs> not week, I wouldn't do it to you. But I'll give you, I'll give you little updates here and there on how my tomatoes are going my wife was laughing at me yesterday because I was out there for a couple of hours just pulling weeds out of the garden she's like I don't what's happened babe what has happened I said listen to this podcast and she did and she said it's a good podcast but honestly I, I still don't completely understand what's going on and I'm the kind of guy as well I get excited so I'm not only like getting the garden organized I'm about to build a chicken coop and I'm looking online to find out where to buy goats apparently they're relational animals, you can't just buy one, but they're only 50 or 100 bucks for a goat, and it does your lawns, this is the level I'm talking about, <laughs> I've been watching, uh, uh, what's it called, Carnivore Aurelius, or Carnivore Aurelius on Instagram, if you haven't seen him, go and check him out, very, very funny account, and he just talks often about how, um, we posted something the other day saying that, he's going to start a landscaping business. And what the landscaping business is, he's just rocking up at someone's house with two cows, letting the cows eat their lawn, shit on their garden, create beautiful flowers, and then go to the next house. And then just do that all the way around the street. And then by the time it gets back to the start, their lawn will be long again, the cows will have something to feed on. And so I read things like that and combine it with a Zach Bush podcast. And I go, okay, well, that's, that's what I'm going to do with my life now. I think the if you're in Australia, is it Cozzy? Who's the, who's the guy with the beard on Gardening Australia? I'm not sure. I feel like if I could grow a beard, that's where I'd be in the next couple of years. But once I finish this, I'm going outside. I've got chicken wire and I've got steaks. I'm going to put it around my compost. And uh, I mean, I'm disappointed in myself that I've spent such a long time to start this podcast speaking about that. But that's where we're at. I needed to confess to you. Another thing that he talks about is how he, he hasn't used sunscreen for 20 years. If you ever want to have a civil conversation with your mum, don't tell her that you're thinking about not wearing sunscreen anymore. Do you know about this? Do you know anything about sunscreen? There's so many health professionals in the world that it's hard to know who to trust. And mum made a good point. She goes, I'm just going to listen to my skin doctor. And I go, well, that sounds like a good point. But then also, you've got to think about the last two years, how every smart doctor in the world, what mainstream doctor will say, hey, go get the vaccine. It'll fix the problem. And then where are they now? They've gone quiet. (laughs) Everyone's gone quiet about it, just as I want the conversation to heat up. Everyone's over COVID. New South Wales the other day reported uh, 296 vaccinated admissions into hospital and zero unvaccinated. This isn't me just making up stuff. This is New South Wales help reporting. That's interesting, isn't it? What's going on there? Remember when they said it was going to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated? look how much i want to talk about it it's ridiculous i just here's why i want to talk about it so much because so many people you know those people who they're just absolute know-it-alls my wife's in a a mother's group and i remember at the start of the pandemic she uh contacted the mother's group saying hey let's all catch up with our kids just post your vaccine certificates here so we all know you're safe and my wife being a legend posted back i'm not doing that that's the dumb if you want me to come i'll come but i'm not showing you my my bloody vaccine history and she goes, oh, sorry, Jessica, it's just as a doctor, I know it's going to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You don't know shit, do you? This is the thing. You don't know what you're talking about, love. Doctors, hey, if you're a doctor and you were telling people the last couple of years that that was the right thing to do, I feel like you needed to stop and have a good look at yourself because we, we understand now. The, the, the medical set, it's a very institutionalized thing. Like it's not necessarily smart people in the scene, though there are some. It's people who can regurgitate and take in a whole lot of knowledge on a particular thought that they're told to regurgitate. I remember I messaged a bloke who's a doctor in uh, Point Lonsdale at the start of the pandemic and said, doctor, mate, I'm not going to say his name just in case he listens to the old podcast. And I love him. I love you. If you're listening to this and you know who you are, I I do love you. You're a beautiful man. However, I thought it was preposterous because I I sent him a message saying, listen, I want to get an exemption. Can you give me one? And he wrote back an exemption. uh, He wrote back a letter to me that he wouldn't have even understood. It was a letter all about the people that uh, qualified for a, a vaccine exemption. You pretty much had to be a unicorn to get one, which, you know, in some respects I am. But in the regards that he was asking for it, I wasn't. And I looked at that and I thought, well, this is a this is you don't understand that. Like when you have to go through a doctor's letter with a dictionary to understand what's being said, you know, there's a good chance that what's being said is probably overcomplicated. And so I want to have a conversation with all these people now because I'm, I think there's a little bit of attitude going on. I just want to sit them down and go, "Hey, listen, I trusted you my whole life. I took I took so many your opinions seriously, and you're just a muppet." Is the thing I want to say. I wouldn't say that because it's horrific. It's a very rude way to treat someone, and I've got to I've got to get over my own little frustration and treat them with respect. But I do just want to say, listen, just admit, one, just say once I'm a cockhead, and then I'll let you off the hook. If you just admit once that you're a little bit of a cockhead i'll let you off the hook but it's interesting so this guy zach bush very smart guy and really contested conversation he says don't he doesn't use sunscreen and it's a really interesting conversation around why he says this so the example he gives is when you go to a gym right you'll go to the gym you'll work out you'll injure your muscles and your body's capacity to restore that muscle is a lot quicker when you've been doing that motion or that uh, exercise regularly so if you're in a process you're in a gym workout routine you go four, three or four times a week your body's ability to restore that injured muscle is quite high but if you don't go to a gym for six years not only does your like your muscle density and your bone density drop your body's ability to actually restore that muscle after a workout is diminished greatly so here's what he explains he says that a lot of the time what we do is we'll go into our corporate office all week uh, away from the sunlight and then uh, for a couple of hours on the weekend we'll go outside and get absolutely burnt and then your body's capacity to actually restore the injury is like really really reduced which leaves you susceptible to that um damage not being repaired and little cancers and things developing so i thought it was interesting so that's the justification he says the best way to you know keep healthy skin and enjoy the benefits that sun offers you is to go outside on a regular basis, get your body back in touch with nature. Don't spray yourself with chemicals. Just, we're created to be out there. Like, we are essentially a part of the nature. And that's another thing he goes into, that we need to... Listen to me. You can tell I'm getting excited. But he speaks about indigenous tribes, aboriginals here in Australia. Like, obviously, for for however many thousands of years, these guys were just a part of nature. They didn't look at themselves as separate. They were just at one. But then, like... Now us real smart westerns, we go out into the sun with our sunscreen and with our sunglasses and with our hats and with our phones after being inside all week and eating just rubbish food. and we go, okay, well the nature is very, very dangerous, which in some regards it is if it's a bear there, you know sunscreen's not going to protect you. But when it's a sun, it's like, okay, well this does that make sense to you? It makes it makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. And Al McPherson was on a phone call with him, and she looks wonderful, almost sixty. She looked as healthy as ever, and says she also like doesn't use sunscreen anymore. Now, I'm definitely not saying this is what you should do because I have no idea what I'm talking about. But what I am saying, it's interesting. And the other thing I'm saying is, what? Why do experts have to disagree so much? I guess it's a good thing because. But this is like, uh, uh, here's here's my thing. I don't I don't think experts really know much. in saying that like if i had a broken leg i would want to see a surgeon for sure Uh, that i would want to see an expert in that regard but when it comes to the philosophical stuff when it comes to just opinions on do you know what i mean like it's easy to sit down with all your facts and figures and make yourself sound really smart and then when it comes to the crunch everything you said just left you with cancer (laughs) it's like do you know those people I used to work with a bloke, and he he had that capacity just to sound really smart. Like, you could bring up any topic, and whatever the topic was, he had some form of an opinion on it. And a lot of the time, it sounded good. But then every now and then, the conversation around an area of your expertise, in this instance, it was running, came up. And he was trying to tell me about a Kenyan runner and some of the times that he had ran. And he said, yeah, no, this Kenyan guy ran six minutes for the 3K steeplechase. I go, six minutes? Did he Goes, yeah, mate, he's an incredible runner. I was I say, mate. Like, I don't think you said that with such confidence that if I wasn't a part of this sport, if I didn't really know what I was talking about in this industry, I would have, I would have one hundred percent bought into what you said. But he didn't. I think that's the problem in the medical scene: that so many people they have the degrees, they have the qualifications, um, they might have a government job, and in order to keep that job, they've got to just keep spouting off whatever information they have about the topic at hand. Like a perfect example, have you seen... So for ages, vegans were the were the really loudmouthed ones. Vegans were the ones who were very in your face. And now it's the, the carnivores. Like you've got two complete opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got the vegans here who say, hey, plant-based is the only way to go. Your body's just born to thrive. Look at a gorilla. This is where all the nutrients are. And then you've got these other people going, no, look at a Ugandan tribe. These guys just eat animal organs and they eat clean grass-fed beef, and that's the way to go. And they both look incredibly health- healthy, and they both, both refer to studies and research, and then you have some people going no the reason you don't understand it is because you don't really understand how to read a research paper like i do and i go well hang on the people giving this information say they understand how to read a research paper Like once you start needing experts to interpret experts you know you've gone like a long way off track don't you i've been listening to a guy called paul saldino and he's kind of had an impact on me because I was, I was vego pretty much for like seven years. And then I watched one episode of Alone. Do you know that show in the US where they just drop a whole heap of contestants out in the wilderness and they said, okay, survive. Whoever survives the longest wins. Like no one goes and plants a blueberry bush. Everyone's just out there with a gun or a bow and arrow and they're trying to shoot an elk or catch a fish. <laughs> because, like When it comes to your ability to actually sustain energy over a long period of time, you kind of need some fat in your, in your diet as well. That's what That was one interesting thing. Like one guy, he shot an elk and he, was, he had a whole elk to eat, but he was pretty much starving to death because they're so low in fat. So what he had to do was he was going out to catch a whole heap of fish. Like he had to go catch a whole heap of salmon to try and sustain the fat levels. It was the same when I went to Nepal in 2015. They said if you're going to climb Everest, you have to absolutely bulk. Like you have to eat a whole heap of rubbish before you climb because as you climb, if you're there for six weeks... Your body's going to be losing a whole heap of weight. You need that extra insulation. And I wasn't a big fan of it because I was very vain and wanted to take pics to the top of Everest. But as it turned out, I uh, I didn't qualify because I got I got mountain sick. <laughs> I got I got uh, I got poisoned with some dirty oats. And the guy said, "Well, we're not offering you insurance because you've only ever climbed one mountain in your whole life, and for us to risk." the insurance costs that would come alongside a bloke like you is just not worth it for us. And I said, well, I appreciate your honesty, but it always hurts. But is that interesting to you? Like, why? I just wish there was some more solid research where the truth wasn't so subjective anymore. Remember? Remember back in the day where you could just say, hey, apples are healthy? It's funny, my uh, my mother-in-law came to our house the other day and and she was telling us that she doesn't eat mushrooms anymore because it's got some kind of poison in it. She was explaining it's very dangerous to humans if you eat this mushroom and like health has never been a huge concern for her as far as I know like she's never been that into health and nutrition but we were about to cook a risotto my wife was and uh, she said are you okay with mushrooms and she goes no I don't eat mushrooms because of this poison and then we got home two days later she's sitting on the couch eating a pasty like a Mrs. Max pasty which aren't known like they're wrapped in pastry they're not known they don't have a reputation for being super healthy but like, hey, I thought I thought health was a huge priority for you. Now she goes, yeah. Listen, it's got no mushrooms in it. This is fine. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> she would, like that was a that was her health routine. It was like she'd go down and she could get an ice cream as long as it didn't have mushrooms in it. In her brain, it was healthy. I find it hard to look past blue zone areas. You, you look at a blue zone of the oldest, healthiest people in the world, and it's really hard to know for sure whether. It's the food they're eating or like their faith or the clearness of the environment that they're living in or, um, you know, there's so many factors that go into the health of a person. So it's really hard to decipher. But one of the interesting things is that I'm pretty sure, apart from Okinawa in Japan, like I'm not 100% sure what the percentage of meat versus plants is in Okinawa, Japan, but I'm pretty sure Sardinia, the Seventh-day Adventist in California uh, There's a place, Costa Rica. I think they had a little bit of fish. But predominantly, it was like mostly a plant-based diet. I'm not 100% sure. But you look at their diet and you go, okay, that's why they live so long. And then someone else goes, no, but look at their faith. Like they had a really strong faith in the community. That's why they live. And then every now and then, a 107-year-old would be smoking a pack a day and he's like, oh, "I don't, my secret to health is do whatever the, you want and just see how you go. <laughs> and then we take that anecdotal evidence and go, you know what? That seems like a pretty good philosophy. But anyway, I'll let you figure it out yourself because I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I'm just uh, I'm trying to interpret. That's what I'm doing over this week, this week between Christmas and New Year's. I'm just trying to understand what is going on. I'm trying to understand what is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. It's very hard to do. It's very hard to do as well because Point Lonsdale, where we're at right now, it is pumping here. It's a little, it's a little mecca for uh, summer holidays. It's actually a great, it's a, a great vibe down here now. I live actually just across the border of Point Lonsdale in a little town called Queenscliff. And Queenscliff is uh we're on the we're on a main road. Sort of unfortunately. Like during quiet periods, it's not intense, but but at the moment, sometimes it can take me five minutes to get out of my driveway. And I like the atmosphere. I like the fact that you've got a few people just rocking their their little summer bods around here at the moment. It's a it's a nice changeup. I think that's what I like about Queenscliff and Point Lawn is it's, it's like a very quiet town throughout the year. But then, um, you know, in times like this, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on. So when I walk down the street with my shirt off in winter, people go, mate, what are you trying to prove? But when you walk down the street with your shirt off in summer and there's a few people around to admire it, you've got your little tan going on, I just assume they're admiring. That's, that's what goes through my mind as I'm walking down. I go, mate, how lucky are these people? I've just done a gym workout. I've got a little slight pump on. These people are walking down the street enjoying what Pop's got to show. It's, (laughs) they're probably not. They probably, they wouldn't be, but it feels good to think that, doesn't it? And it's all about perspective. If that's the way you perceive people are looking at you, well, you walk away feeling pretty good about it. I still get a little endorphin kick. Walk home, tell my wife she's got the man of her dreams and uh, convince myself. You know, it's just a cool feeling. Why would you want to walk around with your head down going, like, I hate having man boobs? I should do a podcast with this shirt off. I'm going to do a podcast with my shirt off one day just to... My problem is, though, the size of my nipples. They let me down a little bit. Very um, very responsive to temperature. When I'm cold or when I'm nervous, they uh, they really change size. It's, it's, it's quite remarkable. Sometimes when I'm nervous before I get up to do stand-up comedy, I notice my nipples are hard and I get these little shivers. And I said to a bloke a while ago, I was like, dude, is it cold? He's like, no, it's quite warm. I was like, my nipples are pointy. He's like, are you nervous? I said, well, very. He goes, yeah, it's a thing. He goes, you've got to ask yourself, uh, if if it's not cold and you've got pointy nipples, it's probably because you're nervous. So that's an interesting little point, isn't it? So that's what we're dealing with at the moment. Uh, Going to catch up with a couple of friends this afternoon down by the beach to work on that glow. No sunscreen, I may add, just for the time being. Might, if I get skin cancer in a couple of years this podcast is going to come back and bite me right on the ass <laughs> but we'll, we'll find out I don't know I don't know I don't know what the truth is it's been a good year though it's been a big big year December 2022 I uh, I was trying to leave you with a couple of book recommendations because I always love that this year I've written down a few a few of my favorites let me uh, let me tell you what I read this year that I, I thought was these are my sort of top five running the light I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, written by uh comedian, the US, Sam Talent. He's coming on the podcast. He said he would. But then there was a little hiccup with, uh, hiccup with, what do you call it? Locking it in. He went to Japan. He said he's going to have to cancel, postpone. He said he'll come back in January. But until he's on, I'm not going to get your hopes up. Not that you necessarily know who he is. So if I uh, if I don't get him on, maybe you won't be shattered at all, but I would be. Cool story about a stand-up comic whose life is just falling apart and all he's invested in is his stand-up comedy. Good, you don't have to be a stand-up comic to appreciate it. Good storytelling, good little reminder to keep uh, to keep the most important things uh, in your life first. George St-Pierre's book, I can't remember what it's called, but it was an autobiography just about him and about his path into the UFC. I read that after the book Breathe, or Breath, by uh, by the great man Hickson Gracie. The, I think he was like the founder or, or the son of the founder of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that book, honestly, incredible. Like the guy, the guy's on a mission. If you if you want a good book to listen to or to read, breath or breathe, it's called. And then the last one, little surprising one, is one that my wife recommended to me a while ago. Where the crocodiles sing. I tried to get into a bit more fiction this year, and uh, where the Crawdad sing took me on a uh, let's. Say it was a little emotional roller coaster. I I started it. I thought this is the worst book of all time. But then I, I walked into my uh, my room. My wife was sitting on the bed, crying her eyes out. And I said, what, what's happened? And she goes, oh, I'm just listening to this book. She's reading the book, actually. And um, little little tears drenched all over the page. I go, what, what? She goes, you've got to listen to it. And so I thought, all right, well, for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. Also, a book called Later by Stephen King. That was another little fiction book that I read earlier in the year. I'm a... Uh, I'm on the market. I'm in the market for some more fiction. It's one area of my life I, uh, I've always been very non-fiction. I always like real practical guides, but then I thought, you know what, like, toss, give your imagination a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a holiday. So I've started to tap into that. I'm listening to one called The Nightingale or Nightingale at the moment, which my wife swears by. She says it's her favourite book of all time. I'm about an hour into what is a 25-hour book hope it gets better my problem is I think my problem is I often listen to it before I go to bed and I'll fall asleep 10 minutes in and I'll set it to the timer of 30 minutes and by the time it ends I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going on so that's that probably hasn't helped I need to listen to it in the car so I can get like a little bit of a flow going on there and uh, in terms of movies you got to watch the Elvis movie 2022 very strange very strange shot in a way which i thought was super cool it was a uh, you know when they do that that modern day gangster music crossed with clips from sort of old vegas that style or they go even further back and they they just mix the two styles like the the old school style and that new just pumped up gangster music i, I love it when they do that and it hasn't got old for me and there's a little bit of that in the movie also, TV show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I know I'm throwing a lot of comedy material at you at the moment, but The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, especially the first season, really, really good. And Ted Lasso, only the first season. I tried to get through the second season, and it just it goes to it goes to shit. I love Ted Lasso so much. I thought it was such a good show. And then the second season started. I thought this better get better, and it, it just didn't. I'm not sure. Anyway, a couple, couple of little takeaways for you. I um, I found a cool little workout routine that works for me. I think I told you about this. I I got inspired by Andrew Huberman a few weeks ago. The uh, is he a neuroscientist, neurobiologist, or something? Stanford Medical School. One sec, I just got to plug these headphones back in. Actually, I don't even need them. I don't think that's still. Can you can still hear me? I can see my little audio waves coming through. So you're all fine. Um, what was I saying? Andrew Huberman. Yeah, this guy, he had an awesome workout routine, which I like the structure because I like my workouts to be a combination of sort of just easy, cruisy recovery. So I'll essentially, I'll try and run three days a week, do some yoga two or three days a week, and then do strength three days a week. And he had a nice way to do it. So it was a Monday leg day. So that's what I do there, like four or five different exercises. Um, Tuesday is like a yoga day. He goes and does saunas and hot spas and cold pools, but there's just none near me. So I don't do any of that then there's wednesday is what's wednesday wednesday's torso day in the gym so it's like uh, back chest abs maybe chuck in a little bit of neck thursday is a harder run friday is a full on session saturday is a what does he do on a saturday oh arms in the gym and then sunday's long slow so for me I go out for like a, a 60 or 75 minute easy jog but I like that balance. I'm going to keep that one going through 2023. And uh plan to do a whole heap more interviews on here. I'm really enjoying speaking to just the, the random people who I find so interesting. So you're going to notice these, I think these personal, these one, th- these ones where it's just me sitting here talking to you are probably going to reduce in regularity and you see a whole heap more, uh, hopefully really smart people from a whole heap of different industries, come on here and have a chat because I always find those so fun to do. So I hope you guys enjoy that as well. But hey, from me, that's uh, this is the last one for 2022. I hope whatever you've got planned for your new years, you, uh, you have a really good one. I hope you've got your goals set in year or whatever it is that you do. I hope you're going to 2023 as though you've got a fresh piece of paper, a fresh sense of enthusiasm and uh, a bit of excitement for for the year ahead. So have a great new year and uh, I'll see you all here again early next year.